the word tonight. Amen. Uh, I've, I've got a message here. I've ministered this before. Uh, how many of you know every time I minister, I'm doing one of two things. One of two things is happening. Every time you hear the word, every time you read the word, every time you hear a minister, whoever it is, one of two things is taking place. Number one, there's either a belief being formed within you. A new belief is being formed within you. And that's important that we remain teachable. No matter how long we've been in church, no matter how many times we've heard the word, that we've always got to be open to the word being forming or our beliefs being formed within us. Uh, things that I've never seen before, things that I've never heard before. We know that the word is alive, it's active, so we can always be seeing something new when we hear the word. Uh, but if a belief isn't necessarily being formed within you, then it's doing the other thing. It's strengthening beliefs that are already within you. So we're always either forming a new belief or strengthening that which we already know. Strengthening and, and building up and uh, encouraging what we already know, what we've already heard. And so that, that puts us in a posture. We're never uh, to be irresponsible hearers of the word, if I can put it that way. We, we never have uh, the ability or the opportunity to come into church and just be a casual here. Uh, you know, Pastor Mark, he's taught on that before. I, I've heard this before. In fact, I've heard another pastor preach it even better than Pastor Mark. Come on, I know I'm up against some competition. I'm up against some, some Kenneth Copelands and some Bill Winstons and Joyce Myers and Stephen Furtick's. But hey, when it's all said and done, you're in this church and I'm feeding you. I am the shepherd of this body and I have no problem claiming that and owning that. Amen. I'm not going to compete with your online special. <laughs> Hallelujah. And look, I, I, there's people that I listen to. There's people that, that fill me up and minister to me. But at the end of the day, I'm fed in my local body church. Amen. So with that being said, tonight I want to strengthen, uh, I believe. And again, this may form something new within you uh, the, the, based upon where you're at. But I've ministered this before, and that's the only reason why I go in this vein. Um, I, I want to talk about being led by the Spirit of God. I, I think it's just something that's so important. We've got to know the, the voice of God. We've got to hear the voice of God. We've got to obey the voice of God. And, and for some people, that can seem kind of freaky. Ooh, the Holy Spirit's talking to me. The, the Lord's talking. You know, and in the Bible, there were all kinds of different manifestations. There were angels. Uh, there were times where God would speak down. Uh, to an individual directly. I mean, he did that in the garden. That's how it was originally designed to take place. Uh, uh, he would speak through prophets or through kings uh, uh, or priests. He would speak through other men and other women in the Bible. Uh, he would speak through uh, 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 employers and employees. Um, God knows how to get his word to you. Amen. But Kenneth Hagin... Uh, made this statement. He said, the number one way, the number one way I will speak to my people is by the inward witness. The inward witness. And you may not be familiar with that term, and that simply means the Holy Spirit speaking to directly to us on the inside. On the inside. I say on the inside because you may not hear an audible voice. Uh, he may not send someone to your doorstep that says, thus saith the Lord. Uh, he may not even have me prophetically speak over your life. But the number one way 
that God wants to speak to his children today is by the Holy Spirit on the inside. But there's some things that we have to do. There's some things that we have to become familiar with for us to be led by the Holy Spirit and be led by that voice. I don't, this isn't anything weird or or spooky or freaky. Uh, This is simply, uh, uh, I heard one minister put it this way. He said, he's what what he calls his seamer. It just seems right. And I'm kind of talking to you out of some stuff that I'm going through personally and and some direction for the church that we have here and even in our lives personally that some things are coming up. And I want to be, at the end of the day, guys, all I want to do is just follow and obey whatever God wants me to do. That's all I want to do. And if I miss it in stepping out in faith, I'd rather miss it stepping out in faith than miss it not stepping out in fear. Okay? But I want to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to know what direction he's leading and what direction he's guiding. Uh, how many of you would like to have some better direction in your life? Anybody? Anybody there? Maybe in your marriage. Maybe in how you're raising your children. Uh, maybe in your job. I got two hands down here. I see that hand. Very good. Uh Uh, But the Holy Spirit wants us to know he's been given to us to help us. I'm not going to break down all these verses. We've seen them before. But in John chapter 16, uh, Jesus uh, is uh, introducing, basically, the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And he says he'll be your helper. He'll be your comforter. He says he'll guide you into all truth. I'd rather be uh, uh, led into truth than fall into The lie, right? Uh, I want to be led into truth. He said that he would show us things to come. You realize that if if the Holy Spirit doesn't live up to these job descriptions and these assignments, he's a failure. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit's a failure? Absolutely not. He's not going to fail. He will operate in our lives in these manners. It's up to us. It's our responsibility to train ourselves. Look at Romans chapter 8. I want to start here. Romans chapter 8. I believe as the day draws near and as time comes to a close, and again, no one knows the day, no one knows the time, but uh, we do know that we are closer to the end than we ever have, correct? How many of you believe that? Uh, I believe that we're closer to the end than we ever have been, and I believe it's going to be more and more um, necessary for the church to know and be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit in everything, in everything. And so I I just want to hit on this tonight, and I hope it blesses you. I hope it quickens some things within you. Romans chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 13. Verse 13, for if you live... According to the flesh, you will die. Well, that's not a good outcome. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You will live if we can put to death the flesh and the deeds of the body. So notice right here, uh, we've got two opposing sides. We've got spirit and flesh. Flesh we can call the natural, okay? Uh, that's your desires. That's your will. That 
uh, if not in alignment with God's will, will oppose God's will. Does that make sense? If we don't get our will and our desires to line up with what God wants, it will be directly contrary. It will be against what God wants. You'll find yourself desiring and wanting and going after things that are not of God. The Bible tells us that the flesh and God are directly opposed against each other. And they will never come into agreement. No matter how much you wish it, no matter, no matter how much you want it, never going to happen. So our only option here is to align our will, align our desires with God. So we've got two sides. We've got the flesh and the spirit. And the very next verse says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's interesting. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So children of God are defined by who they listen to. Children of God are recognized, identified by the voice they're listening to. Now, that doesn't mean that if you are listening to the voice of the devil or your own flesh, uh, that you're not a child of God. We know that you become a child of God by making Jesus the Lord of your life. It's the flip side. If you are a child of God, you should know his voice. He's putting a responsibility on believers here that if you're going to call yourself a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God, if you're going to call yourself a believer or a kingdom citizen, you need to know how to recognize the voice of the Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Father, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, we also may be glorified together. I want to stop right there real quick. Just recognizing there's, first of all, two opposing forces. We have the natural and we have the spirit. And those of us that are believers, born again, we need to know how to be led by the spirit of God. Now, I'll tell you right now, most believers haven't trained their, their spirit, man, to hear the voice. I'm very practical, especially on our Wednesday nights. Uh, I, I do my best that if you're going to sacrifice to come here, that this does not need to be over your head. If you've taken time to come here, you've gotten your kids here, you've got work tomorrow, you've got kids, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, do, I try to do as much as I can, especially on Wednesday nights, to make the most of your time, and that you walk out of here understanding and knowing what you've just heard. Matthew chapter 13 tells us it's the word that we don't understand that the enemy comes to steal. He'll steal it. If you don't understand anything I'm telling you, there's no way you can go tomorrow and apply it. So I want to give you practical steps tonight to being led by the Spirit, better recognizing the voice of the Spirit. And we've got to do better at training ourselves. You train by giving attention to something. You train by giving attention to something. You train yourself to eat different. You train yourself to wake up earlier. You train yourself to go to bed earlier. You train yourself uh, uh, even uh, when you're in the gym. Even when you're in the gym, 
you are training a part of your body. It's called training, right? And you have a trainer. And what does the trainer do? Does he sit over in the corner sipping on a Pepsi and say, all right, do that again? No, he's right there saying, come on, you can give me one more. You can do this. What's he doing? He's giving you attention. You don't want a trainer that isn't paying attention, right? So we have to give attention to the Spirit. Now, to give attention to the Spirit, you've got to be very direct about that. You have to be very deliberate. Why? Because it's easy to give attention to the flesh. That, that almost comes automatically. I can do what my flesh wants to do without even thinking about it. I was born that way. So now I'm having to go against the flow. I'm having to shut down the flesh to listen to the Spirit of God. And the flesh, we have seen here, is the number one thing that will get in the way when you're trying to obey the voice of God. Your flesh will talk you out of listening to the Holy Spirit. So what do we have to do? We have to shut down one and train up the other. Whichever one you feed gets stronger. Whichever one you feed gets stronger. If you're constantly feeding the flesh, and and I'll explain these things, but if you're constantly feeding the flesh, it's going to get stronger. But if you're overriding the flesh and beginning to feed your spirit and say, no, this is what God's word says, your flesh will become weaker, and you'll find it easier to hear and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, obey God's word. Okay? We are known by the voice we listen to. We are known by the voice we listen to. In essence, uh, 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 Paul here in Romans chapter 8 is explaining the lifestyle of a believer. You're in the kingdom. You're a believer. You're born again. Let me tell you what believers do. They listen to the Holy Spirit. They're led. They're led by the Spirit of God. They're led by the Spirit of God. This is describing the lifestyle. Now, we just saw that there's flesh in spirit, but there's also two voices. If you're hearing something, that means somebody's talking, right? If you're hearing something, that means that there must be a voice speaking that you are hearing. Well, there's two voices, and there's always been two voices. There were two voices, even in a perfect world, there were two voices. Even when everything was uh, without sin and it was the exact way that God ordained it and designed it. There were two voices. The snake didn't show up after sin. He showed up to cause sin. In the garden, we've got the perfect environment. We only got two chapters of it. I'm sorry we don't have more uh, to give you uh, an example of. But two chapters, we see a perfect environment. Adam and Eve and all their wonderful Godly nakedness, enjoying each other and enjoying the garden and enjoying all the fullness thereof. Amen. There's a snake. There's another voice that shows up. Now, God's already spoken. God's already said, uh, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Be fruitful. Multiply. Take care of the garden. uh, Cause things to grow. Cause things to produce after their own kind. Reproduce after their own kind. Uh, and, and, and see that tree over there? You can eat of all the trees you want. But that one tree, don't, t- don't, don't eat of it. You'll die. God's voice. Now we see in Genesis chapter 3, uh, another voice shows up. Contrary to God's voice. Directly opposing God's voice. 
And the deciding factor for Eve was attention. Attention. She gave attention to the serpent rather than giving attention to God's word. You and I have opportunities every single day. Do I give attention to God's word or do I give attention to what my flesh wants or what my circumstances say? Do I give attention to the bank account or do I give attention to what God's word says about my finances? Do I give attention uh, to the doctor and what he says is going on in my body or do I give attention to God's word and what God's word has already said? See, the problem is that what will hinder you hearing God's voice is listening to things that are against God's voice, opposed to God's voice. The more attention you give to something that does not already agree with what God has already said, you will disbelieve God's word and believe the circumstance. See, the cool thing about God's word is it's already been written. Jesus said it is written. Not that it's being written or God's still figuring it out. Uh, He's making some revisions uh, on some chapters. Uh, He's still tweaking some things here. No, it is written, done. And this word stands forever, right? It will never never pass away. The flowers may fade, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord stands forever. That means that our job in life, then, is to agree with what God has already said. And if we see a circumstance or a situation that shows up that doesn't agree, we've got to go back to God's word. Give attention to God's word. Go back and train yourself to go to God's word and believe God's word rather than what you're currently seeing. John chapter 10, Jesus talks about this a little bit. John chapter 10. We've got to train ourselves. It takes work. It takes work. Doesn't come easy. Doesn't come easy for me. I'm a, I'm a pastor. You know, I minister the word of God. But it's another thing to believe the word of God sometimes in the midst certain situations and circumstances and then on top of that recognize and obey and follow the holy spirit john chapter 10 starting with verse 1 says most assuredly i say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way the same is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the doorkeeper opens The sheep hear his voice. Notice it says the sheep hear his voice, not see his face. Hear his voice. Apparently, all that God needs to lead you where he wants to take you is his voice. That's all he needs. It doesn't say we're led by an angel. It doesn't say we're led by a booming voice that wakes us up in the middle of the night. Dreams and visions. Uh, Which, you know, God can operate in those ways. But here he says, you need to know his voice. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. And what? Leads them out. He calls them 
and he leads them out. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Why? What does it say? The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Not because they see him. Not because of all the signs and and all the things that we look for. It says they follow him because they know his voice. Recognition. Recognition. Recognition is huge. You, you know, children, it does not take them long to recognize. A lot of them will recognize their mother's voice right out of the womb. Why? Because they've been hearing it for nine months. They'll recognize that thing instantly. The other cool thing about children is voices that they don't recognize, they don't follow. At least we teach them to do that. But I know my son, if he doesn't know my voice... Or if he doesn't hear my voice, he ain't going there. I don't know you. I don't know you. There's a recognition factor that's got to take place. The the question is, is are we recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit? It's that training. It's that attention that takes place. We've got to be able to recognize his voice. You have to become familiar with the voice. It's got to be a familiar voice. I'll tell you right now, you can want to follow the Holy Spirit all day long, but if his voice is not familiar, you won't follow it. You won't follow it. Watch this. Yet, they will by no means follow a stranger. You you read that right there? The sheep will not follow a stranger. The sheep will not follow. Follow a stranger, but will flee from him. Look at what it says there. The sheep will flee from a voice they don't recognize. Do you see that? Okay? Because they do not know the voice of strangers. They do not know the voice of strangers. Now, God showed me this a couple of years ago when I ministered this the first time, and it blew me away. How many of you, when you read this verse and you see the voice of a stranger, they will not follow, and you immediately think the devil? Stranger, devil. It doesn't say that. I got a question for you. Who's the stranger? This hits home now. Is the Holy Spirit the stranger? Stranger just simply means a voice that you don't recognize, you're not familiar with. Could we be running in the opposite direction of the Holy Spirit because we're not familiar with his voice. (laughs) I mean, obviously, we know that we want to believe that the stranger is the devil, and when we hear his voice, we're not going to follow that. But if you don't learn to recognize and become familiar with the Holy Spirit, he might be speaking, and you might be saying, no, no, not not doing it, not going that way. Why? Because he's a stranger. A stranger is just simply someone you don't recognize or have not become familiar with. I mean, all of you at some point in my life was a stranger. I became familiar and I learned to recognize you. And you're not a stranger to me. The, the, what, what transitions someone from a stranger to familiar is attention. <laughs> How much attention are we given to the voice? Because that is the 
only way it becomes familiar. The Holy Spirit is not automatically familiar. And the devil is not automatically a stranger. Because I know some Christians, and I'm sure you know some Christians, that the Holy Spirit's the stranger and the devil's the one that's more familiar. Right? Anybody know those Christians? Don't look around. You, you go to work with them, right? They, I got these two laughing because they go to work with each other. There might be a problem right here. Watch out. We've got to take time to become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Our lives are a result of what we listen to. Notice he said that the sheep, when they hear his voice, they do what? What do they do? When the sheep hear his voice, what do they do? It's not a trick question. They follow. They follow. They go in the direction of the voice. Your life is a result of what you're listening to. Your life and the direction your life is heading is a result of the voice that you've become familiar with. This is good. This is good because this, this, this puts us in a posture. Has, has the voice of the Holy Spirit become distant? Is there more I could do to become familiar with the Holy Spirit? I want to be led by the voice of the Spirit. I want to be led. When he speaks, I want to obey and follow. I don't want the devil being the familiar one and the Holy Spirit being the stranger. I want the Holy Spirit to be familiar. And so when I hear his voice, I know. I don't have to see a sign. I don't have to have a prophetic utterance. I don't have to have a booming vision or dream. The the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me said, no, we're not going to do that. It may be as simple as a response to someone that cuts you down. Or it may be as big as, God, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to take this job? Do I need to move to this location? I I don't know what, what level it might be on, but I can tell you the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in the small things just as much as in the big things. He wants you to turn down a road so you miss a car wreck up ahead just as much as uh, uh, he wants you to know if you need to take that job and apply for that job. Do I need to go into business with this individual? Do I need to take this step? The Holy Spirit wants to lead us in the big things and the small things. Amen. Um, so notice that there's two voices, two voices, and it's up to us which one becomes familiar. It's up to you and I. It's not up to God. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit will never yell at you. He will never scream at you. He is not going to go uh, above and beyond in one sense to get your attention. It will always be your responsibility to pay attention. It will always be our responsibility to give the Holy Spirit attention. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus told us this in John. He said, the Holy Spirit, he will bear witness to the things I've already told you. So you have this confidence. You have this confidence that every time the Holy Spirit speaks up, he's going to agree with what's right here. You can't tell me the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something that's not right here in the Word. You can't tell me the Holy Spirit's directing you in a direction that does not line up with the Word of God. Every time he speaks, it's going to be in agreement with his Word. Amen. Our flesh is not in agreement. 
our flesh will not line up with the word. Our flesh will want to do its own thing in spite of what the word says. But the Holy Spirit will lead us to do that. Jesus said he'll even remind you of the things I've been telling you. He'll remind you of my word. Now, that means remind you. That means you've got to get the word in you so he can remind you of it. He's not going to predict it to you, but he'll remind you of the word. So the word that we are being responsible to put in, the Holy Spirit will bring it up. He told his disciples, don't worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit will prompt you what to say and when to say it. And we see in Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit did just that with, with Peter and John. He did just that. He spoke. And said, this is what you need to say. And they were led by the Holy Spirit. All right, so four things. Four keys to being led by the Spirit. Four keys. I told you, I like to be practical. I I like to give you steps. How can we be led by the Spirit? How can you, when you walk out that door and go home tonight, can put into practice being led by the Spirit? I don't want to be led by my flesh anymore. I don't want to be led by my circumstances. I don't want to be dictated by life. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. And we know that it requires training. So number one, meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. You can write this down. We're going to throw it on the screen for you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Why? That I may observe to do. Everyone say to do. And I may observe to do according to all that is written in it. If I'm, if I'm in it, it's getting in me. And I will do what I meditate on. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Everyone wants to have good success, right? I mean, you can go attend a $99 seminar with, uh, you know, who's who from, you know, Leadership Training 101 that says, This is how to make your life successful in 10 easy steps. I just gave you one easy one, and I'm not even going to charge you anything for it. Free of charge, right there. You will make your way prosperous. He says you will make. It doesn't say God will make. You're waiting on God to do something that's your responsibility. You will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. By what? Meditating on his word. Meditating. What does meditating mean? That means to chew on think on. That's not casual reading and and, and coming to church and hearing. That means, uh, I like to put it this way, meditation is what you do after you read here. You're not meditating now, you're hearing, you're getting it in, but then you got to continue to chew on that, think on that, work it, work it. And the more and more it gets in you, or the more and more you get in it, the more and more it gets in you. So number one, meditate on God's word. Number two, number two, which is the next step that we saw there in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, practice God's word. Put it into practice. You can call it application. What does that mean? Do it. Do it. Live by it. Live by the principles that are in the word of God. God was constantly trying to get his word in people and then get them to do according to the word. That was his goal. You can, you can see it multiple times. Here, Joshua chapter 1, he's speaking to Joshua. He's transitioning the leadership of the uh, 
Israelites into the promised land from Moses to Joshua. And he says, look, this, this is what you're going to stamp your, your crusade on. You're, the way you're going to go in here is by getting my word in you and then doing and living according to that word. And he's constantly bringing that up. Just be doers. James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word. Did you know that you could be a hearer and not a doer? It's two different things. I know the word of God is powerful. I know it contains the power to change my life. But watch this. It's not the word that I hear that changes my life. It's the word that I do. It's the word that I apply. If you want to see the word become powerful in your life, you've got to do it. You've got to live according to the principles of the kingdom, number one. And then number two, you've got to believe the word of God over the world. You have to believe the word over the world. The world will always say something contrary. Always tell you that you won't have enough. But he threw a verse in there and says, my grace is sufficient for you. He, he, he threw a verse in there that says, uh, 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 you've been blessed with uh, the, the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's got verses to cover. The world will tell you you're, gonna, you're sick and you're going to die. And he's telling you, you know, I've already brought you healing and you're going to live. I mean, anything you go through, the word has an answer for what the world wants to bring. But we've got to live it. We've got to do it. Number three, number three, place value on God's word. Place value on God's word. Proverbs chapter four, and again, this goes back to what I said earlier. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give, what's that word? Y'all can say it. Give attention. Right? Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. We taught our leadership on this, on, on attention. Pay attention. It, they call it pay attention because it will always cost you something. If you're going to pay attention, it's going to cost you something. But you've got to pay attention. Give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh why is why is this so important because guys we are in a day and age where we assume that we get something just because it's in front of us we are more we have more resources available to us than ever before. I mean, you can just go down the line and name off every social media site there is. You got every news station, every news channel, every news website. I mean, we have access to information. We ought to be the smartest people on the face of the planet today. The 1800s have nothing on us. The 1500s have nothing on us when it took days months to get news around the world and here we are i can know what's going on in china before i even wake up and get a shower yet i believe we are the laziest generation I, because what happens is, is when you have access to so much it just puts you in a position like oh i got that there's no work for it but he says give attention i like to put it this way 
place priority on the word. You've got to make the word first place in your life. First place. Not second place. Not last place. You know what a lot of people do? Is the word is the last place they go when everything's just, everything else has failed me. The doctor failed me. The bank failed me. The loan failed me. My friends failed me. My family failed me. So God, I'm going to give you a try. That's not priority. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. It's interesting to put seek first, like, okay, after you're done seeking me, then you can seek everything else. But what he's saying is, is if you'll seek me first, you won't have to seek anything else. If you'll place the word first, you won't have to go anywhere else. Let God be first place, not the last resort. Let his word be the first thing you go to when sickness attacks your body. Let, the, let his word be the first place you go to when you've got this great decision to make. Let, the, let his word be the first place you go to when everybody else has let you down. Let God's word be first place in your life. Now, notice that 1, 2, and 3 all had to do with God's word. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. But all three of these steps that I just gave you have nothing to do with hearing some spiritual voice. It has everything to do with God's word. Because if you're not familiar with God's word, you won't be familiar with God's spirit. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Number one, meditate on God's word. Number two, practice or do God's word. Number three, place value on God's word. All three of those things have to do with the word. Because the Holy Spirit isn't telling you anything that's not already here. Now, he will lead you and guide you in the specifics of life, yes. Because you're not going to go in here and find out, okay, should I go back to school next year? Let me see. What, what verse is that? Should I take that job? Should I quit this job? Should I move to this location? But when you know God's word, you'll better be able to obey God's spirit. Because you'll recognize which one doesn't quite line up with his word. Because honestly, it's not about what job you should take. God's more concerned with how are you going to operate when you get that job. Are you going to cut people down? Are you going to stab people in the back? Are you going to go there and be a gossip? You might as well not even have the job. He's more concerned with how you operate than where. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't care. Whatever job, dude, just get one. No, he has a specific place for you, a specific place of influence. But when you first line up and understand this, regardless of where I go, this is what I'm going to do. It'll begin, the, 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 the pieces of the puzzle will begin to line up for you. That's how we can be led by the Spirit. But I do have one more step. One more step. And this one's crucial. This one's crucial. Number four, instantly obey the voice of the Spirit. Instantly obey. Instantly obey. When, you, when the Holy Spirit speaks up, you obey. You do it. 
the longer it takes you to obey, the harder it becomes to hear. The longer it takes you to obey, the harder it becomes to hear. If you want to get proficient at being led by the Spirit and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and having Him speak up in your life, you've got to be equipped. You've got to be quick to obey. Quick to move. Quick to act. Chase, if you come up, I know there's been times in my life I've been slow. And it's hindered me. And, I, and I've had to rebuild and retrain my ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean be quick to move in haste. But when you get the green light, you go on it. And there's nothing that stops you. There's nothing that holds you back. You've heard me make this statement before. Uh, you know, you've got to be careful with who you go to with the decisions in your life. Because those are the things that will hinder the Holy Spirit speaking up. That's why you've got to give God first place. Because what will happen is God ends up in competition with all your other voices. You value mama's voice. You, you value your best friend's voice. Well, they'll know. I mean, if I ask them, they'll know exactly what to do. They might not. But I can tell you someone who knows exactly what to do every single time. The Holy Spirit has already been in your future. Wouldn't you want to go somewhere where somebody's already been rather than someone who's taking the journey with you? God isn't holding our hands side by side saying, all right, let's see what comes around this corner. Oh, nope, wrong one. Let's go this way. No, he already knows. The steps of the righteous are ordained. They're ordered of the Lord. It's laid out in front of me. I just got to follow the Holy Spirit. I, I, I've seen people put crucial, you know, powerful decision-making stuff on Facebook. Dude, you'll get 10 different responses from 10 different people. You'll be more confused. You would be like, dude, I should have made the decision myself. I didn't need y'all's help, apparently. Y'all don't even know. I've seen people do that, though. And they just get confused. But God is not the author of confusion. He wants you to know. He wants you to understand. But guys, it's going to go back to our value on the Word. Let's get in the Word. You want to be led by the Spirit? Know His Word. You know His Word, you'll know His voice. It's not necessarily knowing His voice like what it sounds like. It's knowing His voice in the content. No, I know that's not God. Or, yep, that's God speaking. Are you sure? Yep, that's God. It doesn't really seem like it lines up with anything. It's God. I'm going with God. God's asked me to do all kinds of stupid stuff. He'll ask you to do some stupid stuff. What I mean by that is stuff that on the outside looks ridiculous. I mean, I'm kind of in that right now. A church our size is no business looking at 11 acres of land. I, I know churches in this town that have been here 25, 30 years don't have 11 acres of land. And trying to raise the amount of money that we're believing God is going to come in. That's stupid. But I've heard the voice of God and he said, as of right now, I've got the green light. This is what we're pursuing. And we're going to go after it. And guess what? Just like we studied with uh, Gideon, he's not looking for my power. He's looking for my obedience. If I will obey, he will provide. Amen? Amen? I will eat 
the good of the land. If I'm willing and obedient, he's going to provide the goods. If I just stay in line with his spirit and say, no, if that's what you're telling me to do, Father, as long as you're leading me in this direction, as long as I got that green light on the inside, I don't have any checks. I don't have any red flags. Now, when red flags come up, you better be quick to stop. The Holy Spirit has tried to stop me from things, and I blew right past that one, man. Blew right past that red flag. There was one time I I was a little kid, probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old, and me and my brother and uh, my dad, we used to go do these uh, go-karts with the go-kart tracks and everything. And uh, 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 if, if there was a wreck or if someone, you know, got stuck or something, uh, a guy would come out, but they would wave this red flag to let all the other drivers, you need to slow down when you're coming around here. We've got people on the track now. And, dude, I, I didn't see it. And I just blew right past that red flag, man. I, and I saw my last second I jerked out of the way because they're in the middle of the track trying to help this other kid. And I got in trouble. You know, you had to sit out a, a lap or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, but you, you can't blow past the red flags, and the Holy Spirit will throw them up. He'll throw them up. He's not going to force you. He won't force you. But he'll throw up that red flag and say, no, don't need to do that. But he'll also give green lights. Just on the inside. There's many times the apostles would get together and they'd say, you know, it just seemed right between us and the Holy Spirit. Not just between us. Between us and the Holy Spirit. It just seemed right. It just seemed right. And again, If you fall flat on your face, do it in faith rather than fear. Right? Don't bury that thing in the ground. Go out there and say, I got five. I'm going to make ten. That seems kind of crazy. I don't know how I'm getting it, but I'm going to come back with ten. The master wants ten. We ain't burying it. Amen? God wants people that are bold to step out, but he needs us to be sensitive to his voice. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight for this word. We thank you for your word. Father, that it strengthens us, it encourages us. Father, we're never tired of hearing your word. We, we never tire from strengthening and growing in what you have for us, Father. And so we thank you that as we become familiar with your word, we'll become familiar with your voice. We are your sheep, and your sheep will know your voice. We won't follow the stranger. Father, we'll obey you in the small things and the big things. We'll obey you in the red flags and the green lights. Father, we thank you that you are leading us, you're guiding us. You haven't left us here alone to figure this thing out on our own, Father. You have placed your Holy Spirit inside of us to direct us, to guide us. And Father, we tonight make a decision to be diligent to follow the leading of your Spirit. We thank you. We give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.